0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of hashtag leadership what's on your mind remember we're a podcast to make you stop and think about your leadership journey by inviting amazing guests with amazing stories and experts in their field so if you haven't already make sure you hit subscribe on the YouTube channel or follow us on the um, your podcast provider so today we have a very special guest and Jamie how are you doing
1: I'm great how are you
0: yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself in a second, um, but there's lots of links to um, where Jamie is from. Um, I used to work there, is one of them, and it's only around the corner from where I now live. And I was lucky enough to be in the audience at uh, one of Jamie's um, talks, and I thought, what a perfect guest for the podcast. So as I hit the 20-minute timer, Jamie, if you introduce yourself, and um, tell us who you are, what you do, and um, then we'll get on with it. Okay,
1: thanks, Joe. I'm... Uh... Jamie Christen. I'm the chief oper- chief executive officer now. I was the chief operating officer <laughs> at uh, Chester Zoo, um, in, obviously in Chester. Um, for those who don't know uh, Chester Zoo, it's 128 acres of parkland. We're the largest zoo in the UK. We have uh, about 517 species of animals, about 19,000 of them here at Chester Zoo at the moment. Um, uh, we normally welcome about 2,000, 000- Two to twenty thousand visitors a day, really, depending on the uh, the time of year, and about two million visitors a year um, pre COVID. Um, and I've been with, working with the organization for about eight years uh, as chief operation officer and recently became chief exec.
0: Amazing! So as you can obviously tell, there's there's going to be there's probably loads of things we can talk about with your time there through leadership, but we'll, we'll dig into it. So we'll start at the the very start. Obviously, we're hashtag leadership. What's on your mind? What comes to your mind when you hear the word leadership?
1: Um, I think when I when I hear the word leadership, I think about my 962 staff I've got here at Chester. Um, you know, over the last eighteen months, it's been particularly difficult for those guys here, um, especially because I've had to more or less segregate them into two, two groups. Um, the vast majority of our team were furloughed um, and some of them um, were actually off work for just over 12 months. We actually closed uh, for 208 days during COVID pandemic. Um, and then the, the, the smaller proportion, about 220, were still here seven days a week, 365 days of the year, 24 hours in, in some cases looking after those 517 species of animals, those 20,000 animals that we have here at Chester. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been particularly challenging for me as the leader to be able to make sure and look after the welfare of those people that work for me, because they're vitally important uh, to uh, the success of this organisation. And to keep that stiff upper lip, to be able to maintain the motivation, to maintain positive positivity, in a, um, a really difficult period of time when we didn't know whether we could survive as, a, as an organisation. We're a, we're a charity, we're a conservation education charity here at Chester and um, the government in May, uh, May of last year basically said that zoos had to close and close indefinitely. And it was that word indefinitely that really um, struck fear amongst everyone that works here and all our um, advocates, all our members and our visitors here at Chester Zoo. And, in as much as uh, because we're a charity we rely on income coming from those people that come through the gates and um, spend here and without anyone coming through the gates there's no income and it costs Chester uh, about £1.6 million every month to operate even when we're closed uh, and uh, you know our salary bill is particularly high and you know thank goodness for, for the furlough scheme um, we wouldn't have been able to survive uh, last year but um I really had to think about how I could go the extra mile in delivering leadership and keeping people motivated through probably the darkest time of the 90 years that this zoo has been here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And we're going to come back round to have a discussion about that as well. I think. So staying with you personally, um, whether it was a light bulb moment at the time or whether it was on reflection and um, quite a few people go back quite a long way here but um when do you think your leadership journey started
1: wow um i think probably 10 15 10 15 years ago i had uh, i had a, uh, a an opportunity which uh i think really set me on this leadership um, leadership journey. I'd been working for, I was working at the time for Manchester Airport Group, um, uh, and working at Manchester Airport within their commercial team. And um, I got to know at the, the, the time a, a guy called John Spooner, who was the managing director of Manchester Airport, um, and really impressed with his leadership skills. He, he'd, he'd come up from absolutely nothing. In fact, he started on the reception desk at East Midlands Airport when he was sixteen, and became managing director of Manchester Airport. Um, in his um, uh, in his mid forties, and I was uh, he, he was sort of like my hero at the time. And I remember him leaving Manchester Airport, and I was so disappointed that he left the organisation. But a year later, he pitched up at um, uh, within another organisation within a company called Balfabiti, and um, asked me to uh, go and go for an interview as uh, managing director of a, a smaller a small airport in in the southwest of England in, in Exeter in Devon. And in fact that she flew me down in his plane uh from picked me up from Manchester airport and took me down to Exeter uh, and um uh, that's really when things massively started to change for me because I'd gone from being part of a team to a a team leader and I was like thrown in 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 the deep end quite quickly he he was acting managing director down there but he became chairman and um you know really quickly I suddenly had a um uh, an airport to run and passengers coming in and staff to look after and stakeholders and all the things that goes uh, with that. But uh, the, the, the airport had just been bought from Devon County Council. um uh, was going through a lot of change. I needed to go through a lot of change. And um, I had to become that change manager and uh, uh, I managed the process over a period of time. And that sort of like suddenly put me on this next step uh, into, into leadership. And since then you know all the roles I've had have been in leadership or leading a team leading a large team and managing change in uh, trying to coach and develop the teams that I've been working in working for and leading uh, understanding the difference between leadership and management and all those sorts of skills uh, understanding the importance of my personality and, uh, and being on stage every single day and understanding how my behaviors affect others uh, so yeah that was probably the the, the biggest the, the biggest change for me and i don't think i've actually ever told him that uh you know looking back um what he actually did to me in terms of changing my whole uh uh set of life skills and my own um ways of thinking but um you know he, he's he definitely i think put me in the position i am today
0: yeah amazing um i feel like there's an email or a message going to be coming out in the next couple of days to share that (laughs) i'll just send him a link to this (laughs) Uh, so amazing so um i think i might come back to that regards to actually no i'm gonna ask you now actually because we we don't usually we usually finish on sort of key elements of leadership to sort of obviously our audience are wanting to level up their um leadership their situational um and self-awareness how you just said that then it it leads me to ask you like what are some of the things that stand out that you've seen in your journey that have been the fundamentals of what have worked in your leadership journey
1: i think the the most important thing is that everyone looks at you um and everyone um sort of like resonates off the behavior that you um that you provide to them so um you know, I very quickly learned that you know, if you come into work and you've had a bad morning or something's going on at home and you uh, share those frustrations and that grumpiness and that, um, that sort of behavior to others who are within your team, and that's, that, that sort of like has that ripple effect throughout your team and affects the productivity and the morale of your own particular team. So you, you do have to be on, you, you do feel like you're on a stage. That you know, you come out, I get out of the car in the morning, I have to change sometimes personality. And not, not that I've got like I'm not that, but I've got it. <laughs> I, I, I know that people are watching me, people are looking at me. and you know, I walk around the zoo, you know, I've got 900 odd staff. Um, you know, in, in today, I've got 10, 11,000 visitors, and where you know, normally got a name badge on that says who I am, and, and people look at me and um, want to um. Uh, you know, whatever I do, um, you know, resonates throughout the uh, organisation, whatever I say, uh, you know, if I, I've got to make sure I say things exactly the right way, I've got to look and feel and be interested in everyone, uh, you know, I've got to be able to engage eye contact with everyone that I, that I speak, you know, all those sorts of things as a leader, you, you, you've got to always be thinking what people, uh, what, what your behavior does to yeah. other people within when within the organization uh, and, and that's been probably the biggest thing that i've learned and had to change and and some of that's come through maturity and as i've grown older i you know, I, I recognize that that's a really vital part of the job but um that's probably the, the, the biggest thing that i've yeah. had to Come across. Well, that's uh, the
0: whole sort of situation and self-awareness piece isn't it that, yes. that you have an impact on others there's lots of studies out there showing the high percentage of the um your behaviors and characteristics of a leader rub off on the organization so um yeah there's lots of things we can dig into on yeah. that and um, so I want to talk about two specifically um, in, um things that have happened at the zoo Um obviously the, the talk I was looking to be in the audience and mm-hmm that day was was unbelievable to just hear. And I love to share stories. Uh, I think the impact is massive. We can all relate to certain things. Um, Obviously is the the fire in 2018. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that for the people who don't know about it, um, who aren't as close as we are, for example, I'm sure a lot of people remember because it was national news, Um, but then how you experienced it as a leader.
1: Yeah, so um, December two thousand and eighteen, Saturday morning, uh, quite a wet and wild winter's day. Uh, I was, uh, I got a phone call from uh, our duty manager. We have, always have a, a manager uh, responsible for the zoo who's here all the time, and um, I had this phone call from him uh, to say that there was uh, smoke and fire coming from. Uh, the rooftop of one of the buildings here at Chester Zoo and it happened to be the biggest and the newest building that we had, a um, a building which is called Monsoon Forest. It has a a bubble ETFE roof, a bit like the Eden Project and within there we have hundreds of animals, uh, some very large animals, some uh, large um, uh, crocodiles, uh, Sulawesi macaque monkeys, orangutans, gibbons, uh, down to some very small uh, insects. Um, we have a, about two hundred uh, free flying birds in that in, in that building. It was sort of like the jewel in the crown of a uh, development that we opened in two thousand and fifteen. So uh, first, first of all, I I, I I thought it was a joke. Um, I didn't actually believe uh, uh, the manager uh, in question. And um, I only live a couple of miles away from the zoo and uh, happen to be upstairs in one of the bedrooms and actually could see smoke from the general direction of the of the zoo when I was on the phone to him Um, so very quickly got to the zoo and you know we're having a background in the airport industry you know um, airports regularly have um, what's called local standbys or full emergencies with aircraft that are coming in and out of the airport that have technical faults um, on them and uh, there's like a particular procedure which involves the outside services coming in um, and that can happen in an airport two three four times a week uh, but you know, touch wood it, it's normally just a precaution uh, for an aircraft uh, movement um, so to have something like that here at the zoo um, or something similar was, was quite unusual and we do practice on a regular basis um, all sorts of eventualities from animal escape to terrorism to fire um, but probably nothing uh, um, on that proportion and we've never Really had an incident of, of that magnitude, so I came to the zoo. It was just natural, uh, good instinct, obviously, to get to the zoo as quickly as I possibly could. It was the first of our what we call our emergency response team to get here, um, and um, the zoo was open at the time, and a decision had been made to evacuate the zoo. Um, I couldn't see really what was going on the our uh, um, emergency. Room is um, it's fully kitted out with all the equipment that we need, but because of the severity of the fire, the CCTV system within that building had already been destroyed by the time um, I got here. And um, the first thing I noticed was that the amount of my team that were here very very quickly, um, and how everyone's training uh, uh, really acted out very very quickly as well. We have a um, control room here which allows us to be able to manage um, I call it a gold incident at any particular time so within that room we have all the technology that we need to be able to communicate both within the zoo and externally all the equipment that we need to be able to uh, manage press and media attention anything that we need to to be able to contact the outside services and stakeholders Um, and all that worked really well. I think me as a leader, um, I was chief operating officer at the time. So the CEO uh, was the number one person, but he was actually in Madagascar um, at the time on an expedition. Um, And so I I was actually at some point during the day talking to him in Madagascar, talking to what was going on, people here within the room, talking to people across the fire. So um, we set up uh, the control room here. There was a satellite control room, which was actually Cheshire Fire and Rescue's uh, control room. And at one point during the fire, we had over one hundred firefighters here, uh, as well as fifteen pumps uh, tackling the fire. Um, we also lost containment uh, of our some of our category one uh, animals. So, our uh, Sumatran orangutans, uh, called a class category one animal because they've got there's a threat of them uh, injuring a person or possibly killing a person. Yeah. So we had we had our firearms team uh, alongside the fire service alongside the police fire, uh, the police um, firearms team uh, to maintain, to try and maintain that, um, uh, uh, those animals. Um, and it was a very severe fire in as much as it was blowing about 40 to 50 miles an hour uh, in, in, in terms of wind speeds, uh, the bubble roof uh, disintegrated very quickly. So the, the intensity of the fire, um, was, was vertical lots of smoke uh, and we were trying to save animals as well as um obviously our, our first priority was um saving lives which we did in terms of humans uh, and uh making sure it was a safe environment so um because we're a zoo because people are really interested in what we do as an organization as you said earlier stuart we, we had the um huge amounts of media attention um very very quickly and, uh, It really shows on that day, in some respects, the the negative side of social media. And as much as, you know, within two minutes of the fire taking hold, uh, the first tweet uh, was out there. And very quickly, we had news journalists here down at the zoo. And, you know, we had helicopters flying above. We had um, some news reporters trying to get onto site. And uh, our PR team did a fantastic job in in managing uh, that during during the day um, we also had a, a large event going on that night um, so we have a, a second gate Christmas event called lanterns and we're expecting 5,000 oh, people yes I yeah. forgot
0: about that yeah I think I'd been the previous year you okay so I knew the extent of the disruption yeah. that's <laughs> why
1: so within say four hours of the fire taking hold we had the first of those 5,000 people supposed to be coming to to the event so not only was it managing the actual fire, um and the media attention and the staff involvement but it's also business continuity of deciding whether we should hold that event and if not what we should do with those people so we had yeah. sort of like two teams in within the zoo who were trying to manage uh, manage all that and that's all happened really successfully so um uh yeah so th- that was the actual dealing of the fire then it sort of like ran into the next day as much as we had a um a large um uh, media scrum here yeah. and uh, set some media interviews first time i've done a i've done media interviews before but never with a like a, a whole bank of cameras in front of yeah. you <laughs> talk uh, about being
0: on stage again <laughs> yeah it was
1: it was very much uh, and then doing live pieces down the line to sky and uh, you know lots of other media uh, companies um feeling very tired from the day before Um uh, and it's all like rolled into the next week as well so it was it, it was pretty traumatic for for, for for the guys here you know lots of our staff actually saved the lives of lots of the animals here mm. um through their um fantastic skills that they have in um and the relationship they have with those animals especially mammals and our primate group yeah um there was also the the, the those staff who'd actually dealt with the fire in terms of evacuating visitors from that part of the zoo um and uh because of the intensity of the fire there was sort of ash and all sorts of things that was uh, flying around the zoo at that particular time um we 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 didn't let any of our staff leave because we wanted to make sure everyone was safe and make sure everyone was looked after um so there's quite a lot of uh, post-traumatic stress from uh from the staff that were involved that day um concern about how is
0: that how is that for you because obviously there's there's two obviously two extremes of what it could have been and and you can fit in the middle but there's obviously panic and then there's people talk about that sort of flow calm everything all the like you said the training starts to kick in yeah obviously you've said very well about the people and the team around you which is amazing what what, how did you feel did you go through waves of different emotions
1: how was it for you? Yeah, I don't think I, don't think I ever panicked. I, I think um, uh, you know, but, butterflies, I think, as, as okay. I drove here, not knowing exactly how serious it was, not knowing whether any members of the public or members of our own team were trapped or injured or worse, had been um, killed in the, in, in the fire, yeah. concerned about our animals, concerned I, th- I think probably the biggest thing for me was suddenly i am the leader i'm the, the book starts with me i am the one that's making the decisions but when i got into the control room here and knew i had the right people around me knew i had the technology available to me to be able to make decisions it then became a very um controlled environment that we've been trained in uh, to uh for me to make those strategic decisions for the silver manager to make the tactical decisions and for those people on the ground to make the, um, the more operational decisions and it flowed uh, really well you know a lot of my job was around communicating with stakeholders uh, making some big decisions about what we do what we're going to do as an organization sign off press releases um, so um, I managed it through uh, uh, periods of Um, leaving the room just to go outside and get some fresh air and then come back into the room and then start again, sort of like um, um, blocking out things that weren't massively of importance and only concentrating on those things that were um, by having – we have a um, a scribe in that room. So everything – every decision that is made is time-logged and put on a whiteboard so I could see back exactly what decisions have been made, what have been done, because – yeah, it's very difficult to take in information and hold it in your brain when all those sorts of things are going on. Yeah,
0: um,
1: uh, and that gave me the confidence and the ability to know that things were happening, things were being done, who was where, um, and then constant communication. And I think also respect to the team as well that you know uh, I, I was the one making the decisions, and as soon as I make the decision, whether they agree with it or not, they they execute it and they do it. Yeah, um,
0: well,
1: yeah. So it was quite a, uh, it was quite an intense. Um, an, an an intense day. Um, actually, at the, at the end of the day, funny enough, I um I, I was supposed to be going to Manchester that night to um to go out and see some of my mates. And um and as I was driving here, I was gutted, thinking, oh, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. And that was sort of like part oh, of the stuff that was going through my head. But actually, at the end of the day, um, I could have either have gone home and sat and moped about it and started double thinking everything that happened during the day, and we're yeah. starting to. Criticise myself on some of the decisions I'd made, but I actually ended up going and and meeting my mates, having a very uh, welcome pint,
0: um, after relax, breathe, and relax, (laughs) breathe. Excellent. So, listen, that is our twenty minutes. I've let you go over a little bit because, again, it's just so great to hear that whole story of of things going well, right, and how you processed it and. That, I love that taking a bit of time out because like that, that breathe that slow down is it, really important. So, thank you so much for coming on and sharing that story with us. Um, no problem. Again, I really enjoyed it at the time, and and thank you for coming and sharing it with the audience. So, and um, so guys, if you enjoyed that, make sure you. Um, hit the YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe. We've got some amazing guests coming your way as well um, for the rest of the year, a a diverse amount of people and make sure you follow us on the um, podcast provider. And please, if you can, pass it forwards. Um, It's great to hear the audience's takeaways from each of these episodes. and, um, And that's the whole idea to add value in your thought and change your perspective and add value to your leadership journey. So thank you very much again. Thank you. And see you all next week, guys. Bye.